listening to RPC Ramblings, a podcast by Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. Hope you enjoy the chat. Hello and welcome back to RPC Ramblings. We're glad to have you along and wherever you are, whatever you're up to, maybe even enjoying some time off over the summer. We're glad that you've tuned in. My name is Leslie Ann Wilkinson. I'm one of the discipleship workers at Rich Hill Presbyterian. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex Richardson. Morning, Alex. Morning. Alex is also one of our discipleship workers. And today we are also joined by Sashko from Poland. Morning, Sashko. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you very much. Good, good to be here. Good to yeah. talk to you. We're really glad that you've joined us. Thank you for coming on. Um, a lot of people will maybe know of your name, at least, if they don't know you. But Sashka, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about what you and Anya are up to. Sure. So my name is uh, Sashko Nezamutinov. I am a uh, church planter in Krakow, Poland, and uh, I'm married to Anya. Some of you um, have already met her. Uh, and uh, that's, that's, that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love that um, that you said your surname for us all because you'll notice that I did not. <laughs> so thank nobody you. Nobody does. Nobody, nobody ever does. I, I, I wonder why. <laughs> well, I could give it a crack, but you know, my, my my Spanish like roots would not translate well to Polish pronunciation. In fact, not even Polish. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the the, the surname. Yeah. Uh, no. 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 It's not Polish. It's it's not Slavic. It's uh, actually Tatar. Tatar. Well, you, you can you can Google that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can Google that later. That's what I'll spend the rest of my morning doing, googling. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, how's Anya doing? Uh, Anya's doing okay. Uh, she's she's working. She's been she's been working from home mm-hmm. um, uh, during her during the whole lockdown. Um, she thankfully she she she's been able um, she was able to, to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And but she's she's back she's back at the at the office now she's uh, uh, working on a another block of flats probably at the at the minute <laughs> designing and, and making projects for uh, for new housing developments in in Krakow. That's cool. I know I was surprised you were saying beforehand at um, how far along Poland is that there's not really very many restrictions anymore. Um, so, like, what is church looking like, for example? Is it all more or less back to normal? Yeah, so our lockdown lasted probably just two months. It started at, um, at the end of um, February, and, and it just lasted, I think it lasted exactly eight weeks, the, the, the strict one, uh, the two months. It lasted for two months. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they slowly started reopening. Um, because we, we live in a Catholic country, that there is mm-hmm. such a strong and huge Catholic presence here. Um, obviously they were pushing, the church was actually pushing uh, the government to uh, reopen, to allow uh, churches to meet again. Um, so they, they started with uh, with a limited number of people. You know, you had to calculate, actually you had to do your math, how many people <laughs> you were allowed per square meters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then they, some, I think it only lasted for a week or two. And then they said, okay, no more, no more restrictions, but please wear a mask uh, at church. Singing was never uh, forbidden. 
Um, I think that's that's still the only restriction uh, in, in the church that um, you have to you know you have to follow. You you do have to have your um, mask on, but other than that, um, there's there is no more restrictions. Weddings are weddings are allowed, and and they're taking place everywhere, <laughs> and. Uh, it, it, it's we're, we're back to normal we're back to normal and only those masks on public transportation and in churches and in shops remind us about this bad dream <laughs> that, that that we that we went through and what about the church plans so i'm sure people would love to hear a bit of an update i know i'm sure the lockdown maybe interrupted some progress mm. so so mm-hmm. how are you recovering from that yeah, so the, the most difficult thing was, for me personally, was just the fact that you cannot meet with people yeah. in person. You, can also, you, ca- you also can't meet new people. You can't be making, mm. you know, new friends, new contacts. Um, and you also, you know, you couldn't have anybody over at, at your home at first. And uh, so that was, that was difficult. Um, but we're, we're back to our worship services. Uh, we, we've been meeting in person for the last nine Sundays mm-hmm. and uh, um, we have our Thursday catechism class and Bible study and that's uh, there's always there nine or ten people um, and uh, we're beginning to think about resuming our um, outreach events um, right. but, but now we've hit summer which is mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a yeah. difficult time to do that but we will we'll, we'll still We'll, we'll still do a little bit. Um, we also, we, we just use that time as, as a church, we use that time to work on the number of uh, books that we uh, yeah. had been translating. We just finished up uh, a good number of those. We're, we're still working on a, on a good number of titles. And, um, and we also worked a little bit on our new premises. We uh, just in the beginning of November, we started renting a place, uh, which is, it's like an open space where you can, you, anybody can come in during the day. Uh, there's a library, there's a Christian library there. Uh, there's always somebody there. So you can, you know, you can ask questions about the church. You can come with, a, with an issue or you can just come in, have a coffee and, and work. You can bring your, your laptop or a book and you can just work. Um, and um, so we, we just, just yesterday, we finished um, fitting a new uh, kitchen there. So... Um, yes, we've we've used that time as well for for little things like that. That's very exciting. Like the progress that is made there, and I love the idea that just in the hub of busyness, people can come into um, mm. a Christian space like that. That's that's a really cool thing. So. I, I think we are the only Protestant church in the city that mm. does that. Everybody else is just closed during yeah. the week, and you you only have to show up there on Sunday morning to actually be able to meet people and we've we wanted to go uh, against the 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 culture <laughs> there and just be available and people mm-hmm. the passers by uh, you know they, they see we have a big display window um and they there's a big logo church logo the cross on the on the display and and you know there's a sign that it's a, uh, it's a church and they people just sometimes come and, and, and start asking questions. Well, what is this church? <laughs> um, and uh, it's that, that's exactly, that was exactly the plan. We, we wanted mm-hmm. people to uh, engage in, in the conversation with us, to, to ask these questions, and it just helps us promote the church in the city. That's amazing. I'm really glad to hear things are going well, and, and we are as a church continuing to pray for you. And if anyone listening along isn't necessarily from Richill, I'd really encourage you to, to check to check it out as well. I'll link the church in our like little description as well. Thank um, you. 
So Sashko, it's really great to have you. Um, today we are continuing in our series on God's attributes and we are thinking about the fact that God is sovereign. Um, I think people may be a bit more interested in this than maybe some of the others, or at least have heard of this or have thought about this somewhat before um, and maybe are keen to sort of say, okay, well, what does this mean for everyday life or why, why should I actually care about this? And amazingly, God in his sovereignty had ordained it that Sashko had preached on this recently. <laughs> so uh, un unbeknown to us, so that, that actually has worked out really well. So um, I think this will be a really great chat. But let's just kick it off as we always do. What do we mean whenever we say that God is sovereign? Uh, yeah, so as you said, I just, I just preached on this two weeks ago and uh, our church is going through a sermon series and it's, it's also the attributes of God. Okay, so what, what is the sovereignty of God? The way, the way I defined it, no, I'll, I'll, tell you something, I'll tell you something we do every Sunday at church mm -hmm. now that we've started this um, sermon series, okay? So uh, with every uh, Sunday, every, every Sunday morning, we would uh, walk people through the attributes um, of God that we uh, had previously discussed. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what we would do is we would, um, we would just summarize that whole attribute uh, and um, the whole attribute in one sentence or the whole sermon, you know, that, that, that people have uh, heard in, in one sermon, in, in one sentence. And uh, the sentence that we've uh, created for, for this particular attribute uh, is uh, sovereignty of God is letting God be God. Uh, or in other words, it's a, it's a reminder to us that God is God and you're not. Mm. Uh, it's, it's the fact that uh, God, uh, because he's God, he can do anything he wishes um, and he can, he can turn his will uh, into, into actions. Mm. Uh, you may have noticed how in the, in the book of Genesis, God says something and, 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 and it happens, you know, uh, we, humans we we don't have that uh ability we we, we say something uh when i when i when i ask uh anya to turn on switch on the lights in in, in the room i actually you know have to i have for, at first this is my will for the light to be in the room mm. um so i have to say this to anya for example because maybe she's standing somewhere near the switch and um she has to hear it and then she has to do something for the lights to, to, to come on. So, there, there, you know, there's a long process between uh, what I wished, between my will and when it actually happened. And in, in the case, uh, that's, that's not the case with, with God. He says and it, and it happens. Um, so that's, that is sovereignty of God. Yeah, and I think um, it's, it's the sovereignty of God. It's... It's the almightiness of God in every area of life, um, I think, as well. So nothing happens without God willing it to happen, willing it to happen before it happens, and willing it to happen in the way that it happens. Do you know, you, you think of the probably you know, the death of Jesus Christ is, is probably the, the one example. Do you know, it was God's will um, that Jesus would die um, on a Roman cross at that particular time um, in history um, in, in the way um, that it did. So, so God's will is um, nothing happens without God willing it to happen, willing it to happen before it happens, and willing it to happen in the way that it happens. 
Yeah, and it's um, helpful what you've said, Sashko, about, you know, because of who God is, he is sovereign. And um, like, so only God could be sovereign because he has created and sustains all things. He ordains all things. He is the only one with all knowledge and all power. Um, so it, it just, it's almost logical that, of course, he's sovereign, that he's overall, that he's in control of all, and that, that we are not. Because as we've already thought on the podcast, he is unlimited. We are limited. Um, so I think, although it's a, a huge thing in some sense to grasp, I also think that it's actually quite logical um, and we can somewhat wrap our heads around this. We'll think more about the implications, of course, but, um, but I think that it's somewhat easy. Is that, is that fair to say? It, it is logical if you have the right understanding yes. of God. Uh, and if, because if, you, if, you've, uh, if you're someone um, who thinks, who believes that, that, that God exists, uh, there are certain implications then that will come with, with that uh, belief. <laughs> uh, and this is, this is funny because I, I come across this uh, strange attitude all the time uh, in, in Poland where uh, most of the population are Catholic, even people that are not practicing, they will still tell you that they believe in God, but uh, they certainly do not believe in a sovereign God. Mm. So their definition of God is just, you know, it's probably some energy or maybe some yeah. force and it is not sovereign. Mm. It can do things. They, they have this um, um, understanding of, of a God that is supposed to be loving, merciful, um, sending, you know, good and happy yeah. vibes and, and almost like a, like a fairy. And, um, and it's, it's their imagination. It's their, it's somebody they've uh, imagined and, and, um, generated in their in their head but um it's it's not who the god of the bible is mm -hmm. mm, that's an important distinction isn't it and that's i suppose what we've said all along that um that, that god has revealed himself and and we have to allow him to be he has who he has revealed himself to be not a version that we have created so exactly um, if there is if there is god mm -hmm. then he's probably said something uh and he, he did say uh, thanks to us. He, he, he left us his word. Uh, we know what he has mm. uttered, what he has said. Uh, so we have to be looking at that to see how he is revealing himself to, to us. And he is revealing himself to us as a sovereign God, as somebody who is, uh, who does what he, uh, what he wills. There is a great, um, in, in the book of Daniel, there's a, there's mm -hmm. a great um, place where uh, now, if you thought my surname was difficult, uh, this is <laughs> something. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. no <laughs> idea how to pronounce that in, Engli in I English. In English, that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, so he's he's walking um, on the roof of his you know royal palace in chapter chapter four, uh, and then he hears this voice from 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 heaven, and uh, he hears about all these things, terrible things that will will be happening to him. And then at the end of verse uh, 32, he hears, until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of man and gives it to whom he will. And it's like that with, with everything. It's, it's, with, it's like that with kingdoms, with, with politics uh, around us, with, but also with, with little things. And this is another thing that gets me, um, ticked, gets me ticked. Um, is that, and, and Christians are guilty of this very often. Uh, really annoying. They 
they believe that God is in charge of, of the big things yeah. of the big picture. Like, you know, they, he created the earth. Um, he created man, but he's not in charge of the little details. He's not in charge of my decision. He's not in charge of, uh, my, uh, my plans. He's not in charge of, mm. uh, you know, uh, little things that happen around me and I'm in control of that. And, and I, I get where it's coming from. We get from, from our culture, from the advertising, from the internet, from, from the books that are being written and published now, secular books. We, we get, we hear it all the time. You are the master of your yeah. life. You have to, you know, get things under your control. And man at the end is trying to be a sovereign man then is trying to be God. And people are trying to uh, to take God's place um, by robbing him of his sovereignty. At least people think they are. They're robbing him. The wicked may, may be thinking that they are, you know, upsetting God's plans. Uh, but but they're actually fulfilling them. Because nothing... Th- this is a great implication uh, from that comes out of this attribute of God. That he will not make mistakes. And things will not get out of his control and that's that's a great comfort Mm. so it's interesting what you're saying there and I I think we'd all agree but we want to affirm that God is over and in control of all things Um, so where do we where do we see this How, how can we say that because people maybe find it easier to know that God is in control of the bigger things or flip side they might think that he ordains small things but isn't in control of like a global pandemic you know so so people, you know, people have sort of voiced that um, or certainly have lived as though that were true. But we want to affirm that God is, is sovereign and in control of all things. Is that what we're saying? Uh, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah we are. Uh, people hate being robbed of um, control. People hate being <clears throat> people hate being robbed of, um, just, you know, being their own masters, uh, having things under, under their own control. Um, hence the whole theological debate on, you know, the free will of man, yeah. but we're, we'll, we'll probably not yeah. we should be going into, into, into that. That's, that's a separate podcast. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it's certainly the way I view it is just people trying to be God, people mm. trying to take God's, God's place. It, and it can be, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter how they are doing it, it's wrong what they're doing, whether they're trying to do that uh, about little things, little detail, or about, you know, big things like pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mm. And this is where I think we have to then, um, to connect people to, to the truth of scripture. Um, you know, we've already mentioned, this is where, like scriptures where God has revealed himself. Um, and so if we, like in all of our hearts, there is the temptation and the inclination um, to live as masters of our lives. Um, to make decisions based on what we want at that moment, how we feel, um, that's in all of us. Um, you know, as long as sin still resides, there's always going to be that that warfare that's going on um, on the turf of our hearts. And so um, I think this is where it's so important that we are connecting people um, to Scripture and um, to who God is and um, to taking our eyes off ourselves and, and refocusing um, us and others um, onto who this God is as revealed in Scripture. Yeah, and like scripture is really clear on this, I think, as well. So like right from Genesis right to Revelation, we see God making it very clear that he has ordained all things. Like Joseph very famously says that about how they all meant it for evil, God meant it for good, how those things that you're saying, people were trying to disrupt, whether they knew it or not, they were trying to disrupt the plans, 
whereas God was actually working in and through that. Um, right through, I'm reminded, of, I was just looking for it there. Um, in Matthew, actually, where we are at the minute, where a, in the Gospels, Jesus reminding them a, in chapter 10, it says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you have more value than many sparrows. So we're taking two extremes of how all things as global things um, are ordained and known by God right down to the very numbers of, of hairs on our heads, some more than others, I know, but God knows all these things because he is over all these things. And and I think scripture is really clear on that, isn't it? Like, you know, that there's, if we are allowing God, as we've already said, of the Bible to reveal himself as he is, then this is a, a clear thing. Um, so, so if we're affirming that God is sovereign, and we've maybe mentioned some of these other things, is it important or why is it important that we affirm his sovereignty while also affirming his other attributes? So Sashko, you're doing this as part of a series. Why? Why do we think of this amongst other things? Yeah, so the way, the way God's attributes work mm-hmm. uh, is they, 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 they overlap on so many, yeah. uh, so many different levels. Um, for instance, when we, uh, when we say that God is uh, eternal, right? So that, that means that he's also eternally holy. Mm. He is, uh, we talk about uh, God's wrath as one of his attributes. That also means that his wrath is, is eternal. We think about it as something temporary. We think about it maybe from our human uh, perspective where oh I'll be angry for for a while and then you know and then that feeling goes away that emotion goes away it's temporary uh, that's not the case with 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 God's wrath because it's also eternal um, and in the same way with with God's sovereignty He is sovereign in how for instance He is um, um, showing us uh, His His grace uh, He is eternal he, he is sovereign in how He is uh, showing us His His mer- mercy He is uh, uh, sovereign in in how He helps other people in how He um, how He gives them power gives them uh, strength how He chooses them how chooses to love and whom He chooses to love mm-hmm. um, and and that's an unpopular thing you know to be to be talking about um for for my text um from my sermon i actually chose um maybe not so obvious passage it was john chapter five um you know the the instance when um um in, in jerusalem uh there was this this pool uh called bethesda right and uh and, and the scriptures say that there, there lay a multitude of invalids, okay? And it says blind, lame, paralyzed. Um, and then it says in the next verse, one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years, right? And then we, we know how the story goes. If, if we don't, we can read it in John 5. But um, so it says a multitude of inv- invalids. And for Jesus, it would have been as easy to heal the multitude, the, that multitude of invalids as it was to heal this one particular man. But Christ, God, in his sovereignty, chooses to, to show his mercy uh, to this one particular man, to this one particular invalid. And that's, 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 that's a great um, illustration of what it means 
for for God to be um, to be sovereign. Then you have you have the book of like like you said, Leslie Ann. You know, scripture from Genesis to Revelation is just packed with mm-hmm. um, examples and illustrations that that show us this the sovereignty of God. That that show us how He wills for certain things and and, and then they happen. Um, the book of Acts. You have uh, Stephen. Uh, who was who was stoned to 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 death, right? But then then you have Peter who was released from prison. God God is God is sovereign because he's sovereign. Uh, he chooses to love some, uh, and then the, to use the, the biblical language to hate the others. Mm. Um, and, and and as I said, it's 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 not popular today. We are all so used to to this mantra that. God is love, which is biblical, of course, it's, it's in the Bible. But as C.S. Lewis said, you know, it's, people have twisted it. And when people say God is love, they really mean that love is God. Yeah, I think, I think maybe something else as well is we want to say that God is simple. Um, and because God's simple, you know, we can't separate his character. Um, and so, you know, God is loving, he's holy, he's just. Um, he, he's all of these things. And so when, we, when it comes to talking about God being sovereign, talking about God's will, um, we want to say that God's will is it's holy, it's, it's pure, it's right, it's loving, it's just um, all of the time. Um, to that doesn't change. Um, and so I, I think there's huge then um, comforts, um, benefits, uh, huge implications for us as human beings if, if that is the God who is revealed in Scripture, which which we which we say so yeah just just before before we get to those implications we want to then think um and i know sashka you, you've partly done this already but how do we see god's sovereignty in in christ so each attribute we're trying to think what does this mean how do we see this in christ and what does it mean for us and um, so how do we see the sovereignty of god personified or exemplified in the person of christ I think that um, illustration that that I've just used, I I think it shows that very well because Christ, let's remember, is God. Uh, And this is when he steps down to earth, this is how he shows his his mercy. Uh, This is how he, you know, he shows his love. Um, He could have healed everybody, uh, but he didn't. Um, So he, Christ is always sovereign. He was, you you could also see these, uh, requests for um, you know to, to Christ that uh, he also refused. People wanted miracles. Mm-hmm. People wanted signs. Um, he didn't give it to them. Uh, in, in a similar way, people today may be praying for things that they wish happened in their in their lives, and then God just has you know a different perspective on that different different plan, mm-hmm. a better plan, a much better plan. If God is the architect of this world, the architect knows what he's doing best. Um, so. Uh, in Christ, we see we just see the climax of yeah. of sovereignty, uh, and we. Uh, but the most beautiful thing that we we see in Christ is that a sovereign God, uh, a, a King. And uh, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but uh, the, even the word sovereign isn't that related to royal yeah. lingo and and you know mm-hmm. monarchs and, and and rulers, right? So um, a sovereign. A, a king is is coming. For, uh, he he leaves his palace. He leaves his royal palace. He steps down to the common people, spends time with them, talks to them, helps them, uh, and does that 
to 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 redeem them he uh, he puts on their dirty and stinky clothes and, and and he's doing that to bring those that he chooses back to his to his palace as his redeemed um friends his his redeemed uh, children uh, and, and that's that's the beauty that is uh, manifested uh, on the cross. That's the beauty of that sovereignty of God that we see in Christ on the cross. Something that a king wouldn't wouldn't do for for uh, his people, for for the common people. Yeah, I think um, that's actually probably another place that I I think of is Mark four as well, where Jesus calms the storm. Um, it's not necessarily that Jesus calms the storm. That is the um, the bit that gets me. Um, you know, it's 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 incredible that Jesus calms the storm. I think that shows his control, his power, his authority um, over over nature, over over the sea. Um, but I think the bit that gets me in that is um, Jesus actually says to the disciples. Jesus tells them, "Let us go over um, to the other side. Um, let us get in the boat." Um, so this storm comes up these disciples are in the boat and, and the question is who brought this storm to be how did the disciples end up in the boat it's because jesus intended for them jesus wanted them and um, jesus willed for them to be um, in that boat um, it happened because he wanted it to happen to teach them um, something incredible about who he was um, and how we can trust him um, and how he brings you know the storms in our life he 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 purposes, he, he brings things into our life um, with a purpose to, to teach us more of who he is and um, so that we can trust him and find comfort in the one that the fact that he is in control um, over all things. I just find that fascinating how he um, orchestrated that to, to teach that, to teach the disciples about himself. Um, I think it's a really clear example of, of God's sovereignty as well um, in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like... I think it's 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 clear, isn't it? You know, it's, it's uh, well if we're reading um, with with that lens, it's clear to see throughout Scripture that that Christ has fulfilled what is written. He he very deliberately does a lot of things to fulfill what was written to prove that he is in control. Even as Ashley you've mentioned, his his humbling to the point of death on a cross. There was at no point did Christ not know exactly what was happening, or at no point was it not ordained by him what was happening. That we see such clear sovereignty. Um, and even Sash, what you were saying about how he loves whom he chooses to love, and I think that's back to what we were saying earlier too. That that like that you might be listening along and thinking, "Well, hold on, like that's that's not fair." Is is quite often people's response, and yet isn't that exactly what we were saying? That that's why we want to affirm his wisdom, his perfect love, his that God is not lacking in anything. There's no mistake made. Um, and back to what you said at the very start, your description or your, your definition that he is God. And we are not. Um, and I think we have to hold that quite firmly, don't we, whenever we're thinking about these things, because we are not God. And we do not perfectly know all things. We do not perfectly love. We, we wouldn't, we will, well, we wouldn't have done anything right that God has done. Uh, so we can't necessarily get our backs up about this. Um, and yet, I suppose that, that's maybe where we're heading about, you know, why does this matter? Like, why is this a good thing? What does it mean for us day to day, both, you know, positively for Christians and then maybe even for someone who is maybe a bit frustrated by this fact or finds it a little bit tougher, why is this actually a good thing? Um, I, I hear it very often uh, from my friends in Northern Ireland when uh, they are telling the story 
and they would they would say this they would say in god's providence in god's providence you know this happened and that happened in god's providence um so i would actually as a good presbyterian i'd like to quote uh westminster shorter catechism yeah. <laughs> question <laughs> question i expected 11. this might happen yeah yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> question 11 what are god's works of providence and the answer is god's works of providence are his most holy mm. wise and powerful preserving and keyword here governing mm -hmm. all his creatures and all their actions and um and this is here's here's the most comforting thing for me uh being under good government a good governor uh, a good ruler is, is is a great thing to do um I, i've i've visited countries and i've been to countries and I've lived in countries where um in, in some countries where you can um count on the government where the government cares for for their people and then in countries where um they don't so much mm. uh, and it's believe me it's much much better and um much much easier to live in a in a country uh, where the government is doing a good job and where, where the government is actually uh, taking care of um, things and people. So um, if, and if, if God is God and if he has created this, this earth and if he has created me, he knew what he was doing. He had, he had the best plan for this. Uh, and this, this just allows me to, to rest and this allows me just to rely on, on, on the plans. Um, uh, when, when we go under surgeon's knife, uh, when we have to have an operation or, or something, we just fully trust um, that the person who's, who's doing it, that they know what, what they're doing. And in the same way uh, with God's sovereignty, sovereignty really means that God governs us. He governs the world. And uh, as somebody who created it, as somebody who uh, created a, a car, a, a machine, um, you know, a mechanic that invented something, he probably knows, uh, or an engineer that invented something, he probably knows how his device works mm. best. Mm, and it's, it's the same, in the same way it is with, with the world and with, uh, with, with creation. For me, this is a, a comforting thing. Um, and it also reminds me that I don't have to worry about this. There is somebody who knows how to fix this and that. Um, because he, he's, he's ordained it, he's, he's created it, and he is in control. Uh, I don't have to suddenly take over the, uh, you know, the, the wheel and uh, drive this, this big ship home. Yeah, I think what you're saying, um, Shasko, as well, or one of the implications of what you're saying is that it's a comfort whenever we um, come to the Word of God um and search the scriptures to see who this god is and turn to to scripture um as the as that source of uh, comfort and hope as we um fix our gaze upon god you know life is often unexpected for human beings um and often our emotions um can be sent on a on a roller coaster um and uh it, it can be all over the show at times and we i, I think when, when we're listening to our emotions um they often in, in trouble moments they often can be um tainted they often can deceive us um things can be much worse we can often bring god into the court of our judgment um 
do you know, we can often doubt his sovereignty whenever we're listening to our emotions. And yet what we want to say is that, um, or one of the things I think we want to be saying is that um, we should we should be and we need to be constantly um, coming to Scripture, reminding ourselves of who God is. Because as we see this God in Scripture, there is a great deal of comfort and hope um, to be found. Um, and so I think that's, you know, a huge thing for us as individuals that daily um, we're coming to Scripture and, and focusing on God and, you know, in ministry as well. Um, a huge part of what we do is connecting um, people um, to to the God in Scripture. Um, that's why it's so important for us to be, uh, for Scripture to be central in everything we do. So. And then, then you also apply this on everyday basis in your in, in, in your life. This coming Sunday, there will be presidential elections in Poland. Uh, everybody's so worried everybody's just because it's a, it's a liberal candidate um running against a a conservative ca- catholic um candidate and, and everybody's just the society is split mm-hmm. and and everybody thinks that you know if uh, the wrong the bad candidate wins then we're all going to die and god's god's sovereignty and the the fact that he is in control mm-hmm. uh, and he will be even after this coming sunday it's just something that uh should give people peace mm-hmm. um and and i know it's it's easy, it's probably easy to say but it's not uh it's not as easy whenever difficulties do come into our uh, lives and troubles come and you know things just get out get, get outside of our control and um and we're just helpless and nobody likes that feeling um but i think at times like this this is this is just god god's calling god's reminder for us to just rely on him even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's some, it doesn't come easy. It's something that um, you know, grows in you, gets better over, over time as, as uh, the gospel continues to transform your heart. And uh, our responsibility is, is trusting God and relying on him. Mm. Yeah, I, I think there's also a comfort in knowing that there's a purpose to it all. So, um, so for the person who's maybe thinking, well, how is that fair? I, I think also whether they've maybe voiced it or not, there's also the question of like, what's the point of the, all of this? Um, and knowing that there is a God, a loving God, who is just and fair um, and in control of all things and, and has a purpose for all things, I think that helps certainly in the struggles. I know I find that a great comfort um, when things aren't as we expect, that we know that there's still a purpose in this and we can't help but be reminded of, of Romans 8, 28 says that and we know that for those who love God all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose um, and that verse is annoyingly plucked out and and manipulated and yet what we're saying here is that um that all things work for the good as as God uh, deems good here <laughs> so so not as we expect the good to be um, and and he works all things for his for our good and for his glory and I think that there's such a comfort knowing that um, that there's nothing wasted, that there's nothing that's outside of what he has planned. It's not as if there's, we've slipped into a plan B for a while and need to work our way back. Um, but that in all things he is working for our good as he deems good and for his glory. Um, and we can rest in that. Um, we're, we're actually, we're vast, very quickly run out of time, but I think, I think we probably could have talked for much longer, but I think we should end it there. Um, I, I just want to read just three verses from Psalm 115. Uh, 
I think this is a bit of a summary to what we're saying here. It says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name, give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nation say, where is their God? And here's the answer. He says, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. And that's mm. what we believe. That's what we affirm. And that's what we take comfort in. Thank you both. Thank you, Sashko, for, for coming on. Hello from Poland. Much for having me. Good to see Yeah, it's, it's been really lovely to see you and, and to have your chat on this. Really great chat. So thank you. And thank you, Alex, for your chat today. And thank you to everyone listening along. We, we do pray that this has been helpful to you. And as always, we are here if there's anything that you'd like to talk about more or to ask or for any recommendations on, on what to be reading up. We'd love to engage and chat with you. Um, so thank you and we will see you again soon.